Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Good morning, Highway. Today is going to be, as you would have noticed, it is a family service. And uh, things don't normally go as a typical service, but we are a body. It's really important to celebrate what we celebrated today. So we do this every couple of months. There's a notice board over there. If you want to get baptized, dedicated, or become a member, please do that. So today we're going to talk about something that's quite a challenge. I think um, life can be a little bit stressful. Where are you going? Ed? Back here. Oh, there's one missing. Evans. Yeah, okay, so that's why we have three. Okay, excellent. Please, your day is easy. I mean, at work they retrenched a third of our staff this week. And I mean, the economy shrunk by, what, 3%? I mean, do you think, you know, we can survive in this place? Again. Third time. Okay, well, this doesn't bite anyone. There must be an answer in the Bible. God must have an answer. Really, because... Well, let's see what the Bible has to say about this. Okay, I'll do the sermon. Pass the buck. So, you would have gathered what we're going to talk about today. And I think it's something that, uh, that just really rings true. I, I, Heather and I both got the same message about two months ago. And um, from, oh, months. Okay, I was corrected. Uh, I was going through Graham Cook on rest. Heather was reading who? Joshua Prince. Joseph Prince, sorry. So we both kind of end up in the same place. And it's about entering into God's rest. And I haven't got this working either. So there we go. Entering into God's rest. Okay, next slide. Okay, so when I, I practice at home with the family in front of me, and I was given instructions about what I'd done wrong. So as per daughter's instructions, I need to go over an overview of where we're going today. So I'm going to quickly cover that rest is actually God's idea. It is part of our inheritance. There's a strong trust component that is fundamentally part of that rest. It displaces thinking, thinking. It keeps us in the fullness of the Spirit. It is part of our warfare. And it builds our character. And it is a delightful discipline. So, there's the picture here of of God on the seventh day. When God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, I think that's after he separated man from woman and the whole thing of trying to get that woman out. It just, no. I actually don't believe, I don't agree with that picture. I put that picture up there, but God doesn't take a break. Okay. So, that is not the correct picture. And I don't think, Women were that hot? Okay, maybe they were. I won't go down there. But really, God didn't make rest for us. Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man. Not, 
this, yeah, not man for the Sabbath. And so it is with rest. God, when man was created, man's very first day on earth after creation was into what? Into the rest. Because on the seventh day, God had said, it's finished, it's a day of rest, and made it holy. And it's the first mention of the word holy is this issue of rest and Sabbath. So this is something that God put in place. It is not a man thing. This is a God thing. And Jesus does talk about it. Next slide. Rest is also our inheritance. Now, this is interesting. So, you know, God comes to Moses and says, okay, you're going to take possession of this land. And then he goes on to say, you are not to do as you're currently doing today. What are they doing today? Well, they are not in a good place of rest and their minds aren't right. Where everyone does what seems right in his own eyes. So there's this act of disobedience that is coming. People are just doing what they want to do. For you have not yet come to the resting place and the inheritance. So rest and inheritance are coming hand in hand here. The inheritance of the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and he what? He gives you rest from all the enemies around you and you live in security. And then we go and we move forward. Now Joshua has been faithful. And this is what the response is. So Joshua took the entire land. So Joshua wasn't passive. Okay. There was an action that had to take place. He had to take it. Just as the Lord had directed Moses. So it was something that had been passed down from Moses to Joshua. And it's something that we can pass down in our families. He gave it as an inheritance to the entire nation of Israel, according to their tribal divisions, and the land had rest. So we see that rest is actually synonymous with inheritance, but it requires some action as, as well. So rest is not necessarily lying on a sofa or on that bed of roses that we saw there. Okay, here's a little video. Did we have the sound or not? One another, so Harrison... So, now there, there are three things that I want to just share from this video. Okay. <laughs> okay. One is that if you put your trust in people, you are going to get disappointed because people make mistakes. Okay. The second point is that you are going to fall in life. When you fall, fall in the right direction. Now, hear what I'm saying. We can fall towards God or we can fall away from God because the challenges are going to come. They are going to come. I mean, the storms of life come. But often what we do is we fall away from God and there's a big splat. But you know, the story of the prodigal son is a story of someone falling in the wrong direction. But then understanding and coming back. So this doesn't mean the end because God is faithful to catch us. But... For rest to exist, they're fundamentally linked to trust. Next slide, please. So, fear arises when we imagine that everything depends on us. One of the root causes of fear is that we are trying to control life. And actually, life gets out of hand. 
And there's just too much, there's too many external factors. I'm not in control of the economy. I didn't, I don't know who's going to come into power with my little vote. I'm not in control of these things. But if you try and take control of life too much, fear arises because we just not, we cannot. It's just too big. So whoever dwells, Psalm 91, a great verse on this issue of trust. Who dwells, dwells means that I'm situated in a specific place. In the shelter of the Most High will rest. Okay, the word rest appears. In the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And so without trust, we cannot enter into rest. This is a tough message, guys. Please hear me here. This is not meant to bring you into condemnation, but without saying, Lord, I trust. I'm going to give this to you. You're going to hold it. And you're going to start having fear. And anxiety will come on you because you are holding on to this thing. I don't trust you, Lord, so I will do it myself. It's actually what you're saying. So it's a tough call. And I'm going to have to preach it. Sorry, guys. It's a bit of a Bible. But that is the fundamental part of it. Next slide. So, you know, because it's a disbelieving nation, we are going to have to physically demonstrate some of these things over here. So, let's just have a look here. So, you know, look, no animals or children were hurt during these experiments. Um, and uh, I'm going to want to demonstrate something here for you quickly. Is that, you know, you cannot have things exist in the same place. So what we've got here, it's got to be safe. Okay. Okay. So observe the glass. Okay. Let's call it the Holy Spirit power and God's presence in our lives. Okay. So, oil. Let's put it up. Top. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So, what we see here in this glass, exhibit A, is that oil and water don't mix. Okay. So, if you've got this fear and worry in your life, you know, they were keeping you separated over here. But, exhibit B, God's presence. If we add it, we will see that the oil gets displaced and taken out of the equation. Okay, so it's important to observe that in the presence of God, the things of this world become displaced and get replaced with stuff that we can now drink. Okay, there's trust over there. Okay. So, I wanted to illustrate the point that there's displacement that takes place. We cannot, just like with money, uh, the love of money, you know, it cannot coexist with faith. So, if we don't trust in God, it will keep us separated. We will hold on to these things. And we, by resting in God, we displace the thoughts, the anxieties, the disbelief. In the shadow of God, all these things disappear. Okay, that's why it's important to be rooted. Okay, second experiment. Okay, next slide. Do Christians leak? Okay. You know, we are born again. Careful with that thing. We are born again. Okay. So, the problem is that when I pour through, you know, we are jars of clay, things seem to pour through. But if I put the colander down into the water and I start adding liquid. Keep going. 
See, now nothing is leaking through because I am now resting inside the presence of God, in a sense. So, this, the finding is that it's your position. When we take ourselves out of God, then the things of the world and even you know, our ability to interact at a spiritual level diminishes because all we are doing is we're focusing on what's happening in our lives and all the distractions of this world come in. But when we are resting in God, we are a vessel that is situated in the presence of God and His presence is radiating out of us. We are one. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Just think about Mary and Martha as well. You're familiar with that. And so Mary had a good thing. Mary had a good thing. She was sitting in the presence of God, and Martha got distracted. What she wasn't doing wasn't wrong, but there was a better thing. And so this presence thing is very, very important. Next slide. So rest in warfare. Speaking of by the Holy Spirit, David himself declared that the Lord sits, said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Now, if I sit down, what am I actually doing? It's actually a form of rest, but there's authority that comes with it. So there's authority on a throne, but it's also, there's a semi-passiveness about it in that you're not running around doing all the work. Now, who's doing the work here? The Lord said to Lord. So God says to Jesus, God says, I'm going to take out your enemies. So God is doing the work. Now, where are we in all of this? We're in the next verse. Ephesians 2. It is by grace. Okay, we didn't earn it. It is by grace that we are saved. Then, and God raises us up with Christ and seats us with Him in the heavenly realms. We are seated on that throne with Christ. So what is God doing for us in that position? He is making the enemies a footstool. So the battle is the Lord's. We say it. But just imagine yourself, when you face these battles, are you going to fight them by yourself? Are you going to sit down in the authority of God and rest in what God has purchased? You are destined for better things than that. To just try and fight this thing, I will battle the finances, I will battle the job retention, or whatever it is. These are things that we've got to say, okay, I will find my place. My place is with Christ. And I'm going to let this go. God is doing the battle. He will make my enemies a footstool. Next slide. Fruit grows from God's rest. So I'm going to ask a question now. Because now we're going to be put on the stage in a week to come. You're going to ask us questions. My turn. Okay. So what is better for a Christian? To have gifts of the Spirit or fruits of the Spirit? Tough question. It is a tough question. I'm going to say that they have different functions. Okay, and they serve different purposes. Most of the gifts of the Spirit are meant for other people. You're prophesying over someone. You're healing someone. So it's us turning outwards to the world. Other than tongues, we are, we are, then, we are, we are God's blessing to the world. We are an extension of God as ambassadors of Christ in this world, with the gifts. We are exercising the supernatural. The character is our 
development, our maturity. The fruits is what's happening inside of our souls. Just as important, but it's us. So now we're looking inside and saying, what is God doing inside of me to take me to this place of growing maturity in Christ? When you are seated in Christ, you are plugged into the vine and you will produce much fruit. This place of positioning and resting in God is a place when the trials and tribulations come, because they will, sorry, no easy ride, you came in the door, I hate to tell you the bad news, but God has given, there's always a provision. So where there's a challenge, God has already made a way out. But that way out is released by resting in His presence. So the rest frees up provision. And from provision comes growing trust. From trust comes growth. And it's different areas of our lives. From self-control. And look, you're preaching to the unconverted. <laughs> I'm failing. I have to confess. I'm not, I cannot stand here and say that I have made this. I mean, just even had a fight with the wife on the way to church this morning. You know, What's going on? No, don't worry. Yeah. So we are not, haven't fully arrived. Um, and it's unrealistic to say, look, I'm this great spiritual mountain. It's just not going to happen. This is a journey, but the provision is in being seated and resting in God. I need to know where I'm sitting for this to happen. And so there is a re- an outcome from rest, and that outcome is a growth in maturity. Next slide. Okay, this is a culmination of, of, of a lot of God's teaching on rest. It's found in Hebrews 4, and I, you need to go and take this thing, and you've got to read it for yourselves. So your challenge this week is, I'm going to read Hebrews 4, if led by the Spirit. God works have all been completed from the foundation of the work world. God has, it is finished. The works are done. Okay. We are in the Sabbath. The seventh day, rest. God finished working. And on the seventh day, God rested. Those who first heard the good news, okay, of deliverance, failed to enter into that realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Okay, so some heard about this and they just their hearts were hard. Yet, the fact remains that we still have an opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of this promise. So God is saying, there is this gift of rest. I'm holding it out. You just have to believe. Okay. For God still set a day apart, ordained a day for us to enter into called today. So tell me, is the Sabbath rest? just every Sunday. It is every day. When you wake up in the morning, you are entering into that day called today. It is disbelief that will keep us from that. If you harden your hearts and are unbelieving. Next slide. Okay, so for, it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. If only today you would listen. Often we hear this verse and it's used to talk to people that don't believe in Christ. We don't often use it in the context of, yes, you're a Christian, but you're not entering into rest. Two very different things here. We often say, today is the day of salvation. No, today is the day, believer, for rest. This is what this verse is saying. If only today you would listen to his voice and not harden your hearts. Now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest yet to come. 
So it, they didn't just arrive in the promised land, okay, it's all finished now. So we conclude that there's still a full and complete rest waiting for who? Who's it for? It's for you, born again believers. Oh, yo, that opened your eyes, didn't it? It's waiting for you, this complete rest. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works. Okay, I let go. Just as God celebrated his finished works and rested from them. What a verse. Next slide. But it is a discipline. And now this is where we can get caught up in the law, but we're not going to go there. You must give your all. You know, like Joshua had to go and fight for this rest and inheritance. We should be fighting for rest. It's not going to happen. We're just like, oh Lord, we're battling. It's not like that. It's saying, I'm going to mentally, the battle is in the mind. I'm going to decide that today I'm giving it to God. This is the battle. The battle is to let it go. So that we, because if we don't give it go, our faith is in ourselves. So that no one falls short by following the pattern of doubt and unbelief. The unbelief is, God can't sort out my problems. Or I don't think God is big enough for what I've got. That's the unbelief. That's the doubt that comes in. So, what could and does contribute to us falling short? Head. So I've asked Head to come and help me here a bit. Um, as I said, both of us have been studying this at length for months and months. And when you study something, it's interesting. And when you put your mind to it, that's when the, you suddenly become aware of all the challenges in your life. So don't ever try and look for rest. Because God will throw, well, suddenly you become aware of all the things that you're not doing right. This is not about condemnation. What it does do is you become aware of how you're falling short in this area. So it's a fantastic challenge. Because this is something that will transform our Christian walk. Yeah, and it's been quite a, a personal journey for me. Because my personality is quite, you know, dramatic. And I rush in and I rush out. And I think we've believed a lie that, you know, Christians, we kind of float, you know, around and we have to be this, we have to be that. And um, I'm, I'm a mom of three, you know, I've got a full-time job. And so I was hectic. So, you know, I have traveled a journey there. And, and even with quiet times and with the grace message, you know, we kind of, do we have to have quiet times? No, we don't, you know, always in God. And I would have this almost a shallow quiet time because I would just drink shallowly and not drink deeply and have that rest. So I'd be rushing off here and rushing off there. And yeah, actually, as Christians, we have to come in the opposite spirit. How are we different? What does God say? Um, and what do I actually, and what do you really want in this rest? I'll tell you what I want. I want to be in a deep, truthful relationship with God, okay? Not frazzled and my health is now deteriorating because of issues, okay? I'm being honest here, but I want to live the abundant life within my giftings and my personality. So with that, it's like, okay, I shouldn't be doing admin, for example. I should be doing shows because that's my gifting, right? I, I mustn't apologize for who I am. I'm a fighter. I'm a warrior, you know? I um, uh, you know, that's just who I am. God's not trying to make you something else. He is actually changing you in His presence with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And so the will, okay, picture is what is distracts us from, from the rest. Why don't we get there? For me, there were three areas. The one is the stuff of life, right? Retrenchments we spoke about. Health. Divorces. This is stuff that happens. It's not God's fault in a fallen world, but they do bring stress. And we must be honest about that. But how do we deal with that? And how do we mature? And as Christians, we need to have, you know, uh, God gives us provision. He gives, gives us tools. Secondly, our own disobedience. Actually, sometimes we just say things or do things or, you know, that God doesn't want us to do. And, they, and, and we need to come before him, surrender all. Third thing is, is Satan. He does try and steal, kill, and destroy, and brings the wolves, okay? So this is something I wrote down when I was preparing, so I just wanted to say it to you, okay? He wants to distract us from all that God has planned, so that we are children thinking we hide hands in a battle we don't want to fight. He wants us to be ineffectual, weak soldiers in God's army, not knowing how to handle a godly weapon, like the Holy Spirit or prayer or healing, or even salvation, so that the kingdom of God won't advance and all people saved. So, so basically, he is pushing us into a place where we're strung out, tired, worried, angry, restless, offended, burnt out, frustrated, and anything from getting into that place of rest, okay, where we're in them and we know who we are. That rhythm of relationship with Jesus so we can tap into his presence. And move in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what I'm going to do is just read a couple of wolves. <laughs> yeah, this is a nice looking wolf. We should have got more uh, ugly one, right? <laughs> but um, just while I'm reading some points out, just be honest with yourself. See if something, something rings true. Which one are you battling with now? Okay, so some of the wolves are the busyness of life. The lie that it's important to be busy, to be valuable. Bitterness, strong feelings of revenge. That will keep you from resting in God. Anger. Are you angry with someone? Despair, hopelessness, anxiety, the biggest killer today. Actually, anxiety, according to the doctors. Fear. I have to put this up because I don't want to give it glory. Bondage. Um, broken relationships. Hurt. Offense. Dissatisfaction with your job going to go and be in his presence if you're like dis- dissatisfied or you're sick, dissatisfied with, you know, Lord, the Lord satisfies, we'll go into that just now, ill health, escapism, laziness, <laughs> you're just not going to get into rest if you're like, hey, bro, I don't know, need this, you know, guilt, surely you've got out of that now, we cannot be in guilt, we are in grace, let's be honest, exhaustion, lack of sleep, go, 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 you're just so tired, you actually just don't even get get there to say hi, God, you know? Uh, yeah, um, God talks about the joy of the Lord is my strength. The quietness and trust is your strength. Disobedience. Okay, control. That's my personal die wolf bu- puppy. Control. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, just personally, that would, I, I come and try and be with God's presence today. Not just Sunday, okay? And then the worries come. You know, I'm going to control. Why, isn't that, why didn't they do that? What, what, how can I actually? 
practicing much, and it's even from a good heart. Why are they not doing that? Because God's kingdom must advance, and that person hasn't done that, and I must do it. I must do it myself. Control, it's not surrendering. So we need strategy, right? And we want to look at Psalm 23. Um, I'm going to put it up, and we want to know, Richie gave you, Rich gave you Hebrews 4, was it? Okay, this is for me the quintessential scripture and description and even instruction on rest. So why does everyone know this? Like 1 Corinthians 13. Why? Because everyone wants rest. Everyone wants peace. And peace, by the way, is a different sermon. <laughs> because rest is the promised land, whereas peace is the milk and honey. Okay, it's the fruit. Everyone wants connection. Everyone wants wholeness. Everyone wants God with us. And this, this psalm is about relationship. Okay? And that is actually also, Steve spoke about it earlier, Jesus-centered, God-centered. This psalm also shows the promises for us as we step into the fullness. Um, just to give a bit of background then, just to paint the picture, remember that David was a shepherd, so this was his territory, this was his, his, his scene, right? Um. He became king just like Jesus. Remember, David would actually have time with God. So time is a thing. Just that commitment to talking to God, whether it's in the car, you know, going somewhere, having a special time as well. David spent time. Um, and basically, he was so, he had the presence of God. Even when Saul what, had an afflicting spirit and he was restless, they would send for David to come and play his little harpy, <laughs> ding, 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 you know, his little guitar. Because he would play, like Rob would come, you know, and play his guitar. And, and the presence of God would come. And Saul would be at rest. So basically, David got it. He was, he was God-centered. There was rest in the spirit. And he affected those around him. Is that with us? Can we walk into a room and, and the atmosphere changes because we have... We are actually full, like that thing. We're actually saturated every day, coming to him. Not like, you know, strung out, like we mentioned before. Rest. We want to be resting in the pastures of his presence so we can learn to know his voice. You know the whole sheep imagery? Blah. Right? There's lots of it in the word. My sheep know my voice. The separation of the sheep and the, and the goats. Sheeps. The sheep and the goats, right? Jesus carries his sheep. Lay down your burden. Jesus, as a shepherd, will lead the 99. You know that song we sang last week, The Reckless Life? He will lead the 99 to find you, but you've gone off and fallen in a, in a chasm and broken your leg. He will go and find you, pick you up and carry you. And, he, and the shepherds did that. They would carry the sheep over their shoulders, get them with the crook. He carries the sheep when it's tough. And, of course, Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. All right, so let's have a look at this um, this amazing scripture, this amazing psalm. What I've done is I've done a mashup. That's the right word, girls. So I've looked at the NIV, which is going to be up there, and also the passion and the message. And what I'd like you to do now is just remember the wolf. Remember I was reading those things? Oh, just remember the wolf. What's keeping you from entering his rest? And as you read this, let it minister to you, because the word is one of the tools that we use to, to be in his just to be in his rest. Okay, and I also want you to to 
to look at it through the glasses. You know, those funny glasses he had of rest. Yeah. Right? That God actually does the work. All the yellow highlighting is the action of the Savior. All the green, of which there's like one or two, I will fear not, and I will walk. That's basically it. And we do have to walk and have action, but God has done it all and does most of it, okay? Right, so let's, let's read this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and we're going to add a bit. Just let it soak into your soul. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. He is my helper, my everything, my leader, my gatekeeper, my rescuer. He leaves the 99. He's the rider of grass for the sheep, protected from the wolves with his crook. I lack nothing. He is all sufficient. I always have more than enough. I don't need a thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Really? Makes me? That's quite a thing, because it means that God means business. He's actually saying, child, rest. The message version is, you have bedded me in, down in lush meadows. It's like a parent tucking a child in. He leads me beside quiet waters. This is a verb of action, giving direction, companionship. He tracks His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of peace. The message, you find me quiet pools to drink from. He refreshes my soul. Don't we want that? Don't we need that? Rest and restoration right there. That's where he restores and he revives my life. Message, true to your word, you let me catch He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure. He leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so I can bring honor to his name. Even though this is the only thing which is green, I walk there, through the darkest valley, or even when your path takes me through the valley, even though the way through the death valley, what does it mean? We're actually not exempt from troubles, right? But God is with us. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. These are symbols of authority and protection. Okay? Um, And it also gives boundaries. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Isn't that lovely translation? Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. What does that mean, that we've surrendered? God has conquered our hearts, so how can fear? Your authority is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. The message, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. He deals with them, which spoke about earlier. You become my delicious feast. Jesus is the actual bread and sustenance. Even when my enemies dare to fight me, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of me. You anoint my oil with my head with oil. So there is one of the promises that's coming through when we rest. There is blessing. What does the oil represent? Favor, purpose, provision, the Holy Spirit, inheritance. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. Message. You revive my drooping head. My cup overflows. 
and give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. I did it earlier. My cup brims with blessing. Surely your goodness and love will follow me. I always thought I'd name two dogs goodness and mercy. And then they'd follow me all the days of my life. Okay, sorry. So to throw that in. <laughs> um, so basically, God pursues us. Why would I fear the future? God is he's with me. Your beauty and love chase after me. That, that reckless love song as well. You know, this lovely bridge that we sing. And, and Lee and I get goosies when we, when we do it for worship. You know that there's no shadow. You know, that there's no wall you won't kick down. I'm thinking of this line. You want to running after me. Okay, he runs after us. And then it ends with, and I will dwell, which links in with Richard's verse. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm back home in the house of the Lord. And just to, just to close off, the finding then, the scientific experiment, <laughs> the outcome is that we have Jesus doing the action, right? And I want to end off with this really important um, kind of nugget. We should be in a state of rest all the time. We need to change our view of rest as an isolated thing we do. Okay, I need to have a quiet time. I need to, I just need to, to rest, you know. No, it's a constant rhythm of grace. It's a rhythm of rest, like breathing. And like the comrades today, you can use whatever image you like. It can be, if you're into running, the runner can't run and then stop. Hey, boo. You know, and then sprint, and then you're, you're finished. It has to be in a rhythm. And any of you joggers here, you'll know you get into like a groove. And your heartbeat goes, and your whole body is, gets into it. And that's what we're looking for. So we don't freak out when, you know, things start going south and pear-shaped. The breath is a constant in and out. Um, yeah. And the psalm is also about a journey from the pasture to through the valleys to the end of your life. Amen. Amen. So what we want to do is get, have so, Rob yeah, and yeah. also do the offering. So just, it's been... A busy Sunday, but that was his first preach, so excellent. Just in summary, this is an incredibly important, I believe, nugget of wealth that will transform our lives. We've talked about the fact that God is, it's God's idea, the rest issue. It's our inheritance that we need to grab hold of. There is this massive trust component about letting go, less of me, and Lord, you take over. You know, it displaces our stinking thinking. We cannot have that thinking mentality while we are rested in the presence of God. In worship, you cannot say, Lord, I'll give you all, and then, but I'm not going to hold everything. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It displaces it. There's this fullness of spirit in terms of the presence of God. It just manifests more. It overcomes through warfare by being seated with Christ. Um, it is available constantly available. We can take, we need to rest in this. It builds our character. It's relational, relational and it's a delightful discipline. So what we're going to do is we're going to just sing, the Lord is my shepherd. While we're doing that, to do, to just let go. Where the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today, that is the area of your life that I want you to try, I want you to surrender. I want you to give it over. You don't need to sing the words. Just rest in God in this. Thank you, Doctor. The Lord's my shepherd.